Hey everyone, this is Mark back for another episode of the Veteran Semi-Professional. So today's a little bit different episode. This is my 100th episode. So this is a combination between the interviews and the weekly sit rep with sit rep to steer This is my 100th episode. This is something I'm incredibly proud of and I'm glad that you all have been here to be a part of the journey. Okay. So one, I want to say a huge thanks to everyone who listens to the show. You all make this thing 110% worth it. I absolutely love doing this. So why did I start this show? Why did I start doing podcasts and you know occasional YouTube videos about the military transition? And you know, as I was going through the process myself, there were three big things that stood out to me as just major gaps that are going on in the veteran transition process. The first one, there are so many resources out there. And I know it's easy to look at me right now and say, aren't you just adding to the noise? Aren't you just adding to the confusion by having another website and podcast and social media and all this stuff? And it's easy to say, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll take a hit on that one if necessary. But what I was really trying to do is consolidate everything to one place. I know as I was going through the process of trying to figure out my, my post-military life, there's so many resources out there. And a lot of them are fantastic. They're awesome. They do really great stuff for veterans. Things from helping you find your job, to craft your resume, to mental health resources. There are a lot of organizations out there that are doing great stuff. There's some out there that are doing good stuff. I won't say great, but good. And there are other ones out there, honestly, that I don't even think are worth anyone's time. But I know as I was getting out, I saw all of these things. I was like, this is overwhelming. So I wanted to do something to try and consolidate all these resources and put them into one place for you all. The next, I saw that there's just not a lot of information out there about being a vet going to grad school. Now, I'm in business school right now, but I wanted to give resources out there for business school, law school, film school, whatever it is. A lot of people, you know, if you're an officer, you come to the military, you already have a bachelor's degree. Okay, so now when you get out, you're a prime candidate to go to graduate school, especially when we talk about you know, the GI Bill or Voc Rehab or the programs that are out there to help you fund your post-military education. There's also lots of enlisted folks and warrant officers who get their bachelor's degree along the way. They're out there hustling, grinding, doing the hard work of doing classes on deployment or field exercises or whatever it is. They're prime candidates to go to graduate school after they get out. But I found that as I was getting out, there's more the resources out there to make that process easy. And the last thing is as I was getting out and I was going through the transition assistance program and looking at all these resources and everything, I felt like the entire system, the whole narrative, the whole force of the transition was just pushing me and everyone around me into getting a job, a J-O-B job. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, you got to get a paycheck. You got to put food on the table for your family. You got to put a roof over your head, all of those things. But I know that you all have more to offer than that. I know that our nation's veterans can do more than just get a job. I want you all to do something where you feel fulfilled, something you want to action on, and it's something you believe in. And I believe that's something that we all as veterans want. And so I wanted to start this conversation, interview other vets about like, what have they been doing since the military to show you the different options that are out there to help you plan your post-military life. So I started this podcast on a whim last April during lockdown. Full disclosure, I was bored and I was like, I need something else to do. So, you know, I'd already been writing on my website for a while. So I decided to start the podcast. And absolutely, it has been a thousand percent worth it. I had a friend ask me recently, he's like, Mark, you know, are you going to stop doing this once you get a real job? And my response was, hell no. Even if I planned on getting a real job, I would keep on doing this. It's a ton of fun. And I love hearing from you all about listening to the episode, tidbits you've gotten from 
some person who's been on the show or hearing from, you know, what Colin and I talked about on the weekly Sid rep. This is a ton of fun. I absolutely love doing it. You all rock and make this thing 1000% worth it. So I wanted to come up with a list of the top 10 things that I've learned from doing a hundred, hundred episodes, you know, between interviews and the weekly sit reps that I want to share with you all. And I plan on doing this every time I do 100 episodes. Hopefully this list gets updated as I get more information and have more great interviews and guests onto the show. So the first one that I look, the first one that I want to point out is no one is going to look after you like you can. Now, you may hear that and say, okay, great. That gives me permission to turn into a selfish asshole and only do the things that I want to do and screw everyone else. I'm just going to look after myself. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that no one is going to care about you as much as you do. No, and that can apply to why you're in the military looking after your own career. You know, If you don't do anything, the military is going to decide what they want you to do for you. You have to be your own best advocate. This comes out in so, so, so many different ways, whether it's the job hunt or school search or even now navigating healthcare systems. You have to learn to be your own best advocate. You know, I would say, I'm going to think of like about describing my uh, the times I've worked with the VA healthcare system. Okay. My personal experience, I don't have a ton of time working with the VA healthcare, but what I have noticed is that once you get to a care provider, a doctor, or a nurse, or a nurse practitioner, whoever it is, those people are phenomenal. They're awesome. They want to help you out and they want to provide good healthcare solutions to veterans. It's only the, the three or four layers of administrators you have to get through to get there. Okay. And I just use that as an example to show a time where you need to learn to be your own best advocate. You need to learn and be honest about what you're feeling, how your body is, whatever it is going on. You have to push to get the care you need. And it's just so true in so many things, whether it's trying to get a job or whatever it may be, you have to be your own best advocate. Okay. So I think of uh, episode nine that I did with Brian Connolly. He's the founder of Zero Mile Mark. They do uh, private label outdoor gear equipment. It's really cool stuff. You spend more than $30, you get a free tent. Okay. So pretty cool. And Brian worked for two different companies prior to starting his own. He was absolutely crushing it. But what happened? He didn't really capture a whole lot of the upside as those businesses grew. And then eventually they got acquired. So he was seeing the owner who had ownership able to capture more of that. And Brian said, you know what? I want to do some of this myself. And so he reached out to someone, reached out to an investor, excuse me, and made it happen. Okay. And you have to learn to do that, whatever it is. Point number two, take some time off after you get out. Now, I realize there can be some financial considerations here. You know, as I mentioned earlier, like we all got a roof put up our head, mouse to feed, all those things. Okay. But there's so many creative ways you can go about planning some time off after the military. So first, why should you try and do this? Whether you did three years or 30, man, you were probably getting after it while you're in the military. There's basic training, deployments, time in the field, time away from friends and family, whatever it is. Put some time on the calendar, plan some time after your separation to digest that, to relax, to reconnect with friends and family, to go do something that maybe you couldn't go do while you were in the military. Okay. Now, me personally, like I got out and I had about nine months between leaving the army and starting business school at Dart. I was able to plan a lot of travel. Eventually, I ended up not working out because COVID came. I had to move back in with the family. That's a whole other story for another day. But I absolutely enjoyed doing that. Everyone that I've ever talked to who gave themselves some time off after the military said, man, I'm so glad that I did that. 
And the converse side, I've talked to a lot of people who, you know, get out of the Marines or whatever on a Friday, start a new job or start school on a Monday, and every one of them regrets it. They wish they had given themselves a little more time, a little more space to just decompress and get ready for their next life. Okay. So terminal leave is a fantastic time to do this because you're still getting paid. You still have healthcare benefits and all that. Even if it's only two weeks, give yourself that space and time to just relax, to reflect. I encourage every single one of you to think about doing this. Number three, if you listen to the show, you know I love talking to entrepreneurs. Now, there's a couple of reasons about this. There's a couple of reasons I do. One, I just kind of think their stories are a little more interesting. There's also a lot of good lessons about hustle and grit and determination out there. The lesson I come back to time and time again is that veterans make fantastic entrepreneurs. We're resilient. We're adaptive. We know how to deal with uncertainty. When things go wrong, we know how to adjust. We know how to keep our heads held high. And we know how to work with the team and say, we're going to get through this. And it's just not a skill that's necessarily everyone else has. So lean into that. And there's lots of different ways to go about being an entrepreneur. Okay. You know, I've talked about buying a business. I've interviewed a lot of people who've started their own business. Uh, some great ones to listen to. Excuse me. We have John from Yale who started Outlaws Incorporated. We have Brandon Shelton who started TFX Ventures, who invests in veteran entrepreneurs. And there's also ways you can be an entrepreneur. So going to work at a corporate job and starting a new line of business there of going to going to the president and the board of directors, whoever it is, and saying, you know what? I think there's an opportunity here. Let me take some company resources and stand this thing up. There's lots of different ways you can do it. Okay, so I strongly encourage every one of you to think about doing that because it just shows veterans succeed in entrepreneurship. You can succeed. You have the tools to do it. I can't promise you that it's going to work out, but a lot of veterans have done it. Companies like FedEx, Nike, Walmart, started by veterans. And there's a reason there's a lot of veterans, overwhelming, veterans, excuse me, are overwhelmingly uh, disproportionately recognized on the Fortune 500 list as CEOs. We are good at running businesses. Know that and be comfortable with it. All right. Point number four, lean on the veteran network. All right. You know, I see some people and when they get out, they want to completely separate themselves from their military identity. And I understand. Sometimes maybe you went through a traumatic experience. Maybe you had a really terrible chain of command. And I've talked to some veterans who, who did that when they first got out. I'm thinking of uh, uh, Paul, who runs his own digital marketing company out in LA. And you know he got out and kind of threw away the, the veteran label for a while. But since he did that, he's kind of come back to it because he's realized there's, there's strength in that for his business. And he also realizes there's, there's power in the veteran community. Time and time again, I've talked to people who say, yeah, you know, as I was getting out, I reached out to people. You know, I used American Corporate Partners. I went to Breakline. I went on to Veterati and I made phone calls. I did searches on LinkedIn and I found people. Veterans want to help veterans. Okay. And it doesn't matter what your branch was, or your rank or whatever. I was guarantee you, if you email someone or message someone on LinkedIn or shoot them a DM on Instagram and say, hey, I'm a vet. Or, you know, I'm a student to transition veteran and I want to figure out, you know, how to navigate this transition and put together my post-military life. They want to help you out. Okay. And if you can't get a response from anyone, reach out to me and I will try and help you out whatever way I can. Okay. I always tell anyone, you know, I get lots of calls about people who are thinking about business school, for example. And what I consistently found through my own MBA application process is that whatever school that I talk to, whatever veterans groups I talk to, that listen, man. 
we just want to get you into a great business school, whatever it is. We don't, we you know, want you to come to ours. We think you're good or whatever, but we want you to go to a good school. And as long as veterans are getting into good schools, that works for us. And I don't think it's a mentality you're going to find in necessarily other groups. So lean into that network. Okay. Point number five, do your homework, whether it's school or job, do the research and make deliberate decisions. Okay. So go back to schools, for example. You know, it's really easy to look at schools and look at, and I'm not just talking about business schools here, any type of schools and look at the, uh, the glossy brochures and they have all these fancy words and collaborative environment. And, you know, they show these people and they're up on whiteboards and all this bullshit and everything. Okay. That's all good stuff. Get past that surface level stuff and figure out what's really important to you. All right. Figure out what the academic experience is going to be like. What is it going to be like in the classroom? Do the professors really care or are they just there to do research? These are really important questions to think about. You also want to think about job results. You know, are you going to go to school and take on a whole bunch of student debt, but then the outcomes uh, on the other end of that program don't necessarily support you being able to pay that money back? That's something that Kyle and I talked about in the weekly sit rep once with, uh, in particular, film schools. It's just something you have to look into. It's the same thing with jobs. Before you apply to a company, you want to learn about their mission and values. Learn about where do they give money. And as a vet, you want to look into things like how do they support veterans? Do they have an employee resource group for veterans? What's their policy for National Guard and Reserve? Even if you're not going to stay in the Guard or Reserve, it's worth looking into because, again, it gives you a good signal of who that company is and how do they support vets. Point number six, learn to paddle your own canoe. This one's so, so important. I've had some conversation with people and like, you know, they, especially, I especially see this with academy grads where they've just had this life and like, you know, they were hard chargers their whole life and they're always getting 4.0s and whatever it is. And there's lots of people like that in the military beyond just academy grads. And then you get out and you're like, okay, well, I have to go do this. I have to go get this job. I have to go work for this company. I have to go down this, this path. Take some time prior to you getting out. And then also in that that post-vacation time that I encourage you to take, think about what it is that you really want to do. Because at the end of the day, it's your canoe. Now, if you're going to put your family in there too, absolutely, 100%. But do what you want to do. Don't listen to the noise. Don't listen to everyone else who's pushing you into some different direction. Do what it is that you want to do. Point number seven, use the GI Bill. If you listen to the show, you know I say this all the time. My grandfather went to school in the GI Bill. My dad went to school in the GI Bill. I'm going to school in the GI Bill. Okay. You know, I'm going to business school right now. You don't have to go to business school. You can use the GI Bill to go be an outdoor guide, a pilot, to go to trade schools, go to culinary school, whatever it is, pursue your passions. Take that time to learn something that you care about. Even if you don't necessarily want to go use it in your career. I have a friend who went to, who went to business school and then after he graduated, he still had some GI Bill left. So what did he do? He went to culinary school and I've talked to him. He said, you know what? That thing has absolutely changed the rest of my life. And he's like, I'm not working as a chef. I don't work at a restaurant. Like I have a traditional post MBA kind of job, but I went through this three month culinary experience and man, it just changes every aspect of my life. I make these great meals for people. I just love cooking. It's something that he really enjoys and absolutely levels up his life. There's some really cool ways you can use your GI Bill. And I strongly encourage every one of you to think about doing that in some way, shape, form, or fashion. All right. Number eight, getting help is okay. 
one of my absolute favorite episodes with Jesse Gould, who runs the Heroic Hearts Project. Now, you may listen to that one and say, what, these guys are doing psychedelics and ayahuasca out in Peru and everything. They might not be your cup of tea. There's some really good research to show how they can help people out. But nonetheless, be okay with getting help. In episode 23, I spoke with uh, some reps from Headstrong. Okay, Really great organization. I personally use them myself. Headstrong is awesome. And guess what? It's free. I was going through some shit. I needed to talk to someone. I spent a couple months with them. We would meet starting off once a week, then it was every other week. And after a couple months, I was like, you know what? I feel a lot better now. And we moved on. You may do it for a couple months. You may do it for a couple of years, but it's okay to get help. Number nine, people value veterans. Now, I know it's really easy to hear this sometimes and it feels like support the troops. Thank you for your service. Let's wrap a yellow ribbon around the tree. All the extra kind of like veteran support bullshit. But people do value veterans. When we go to jobs, we get promoted faster than other people. We tend to outperform our peers. We're recognized by employers as being some of the best employees that they have. People want to work with veterans. Investors love investing into veterans for small businesses and startups. Why? Because all the reasons I talked about earlier, we're resilient. We know how to adapt. We have leadership experience. And I know that's, again, one of those things that like leadership experience, everyone loves it, but it's true. Now you have to apply that with some type of practical knowledge, some type of business acumen. But time and time again, I've talked to people on the show and their first couple of years, yeah, maybe you had to take a step back. Maybe you had to go to that apprentice level. You had to go uh, go work at an entry-level job. But veterans, once they get that experience, then coupled with their military experience, man, that's when that hockey stick curve starts taking off in your career. And that's when you can really start crushing it. I think of episode number 76, where I spoke with someone from the Perfect Technician Academy. And so this is trade jobs, people going into the HVAC industry. People love hiring HVAC technicians who are vets. Why? We show up on time. We're wearing a clean uniform. We clean up our work site. We're respectful to the people who hire us. There's something distinctly different about being a veteran that makes you valuable to employers. So lean into that. It's okay. And the last thing I'll say is, don't be scared by the oyster. What do I mean? Okay. The phrase, the world's your oyster. Don't be scared by that. It can be both exhilarating and terrifying at the same time to leave the military. You have this whole world of options in front of you. And sometimes it can be overwhelming to figure out what it is you're going to go do. But don't be scared by that. It's a fun ride. Enjoy it and embrace the journey. Thanks for all for checking in. I hope you continue to listen to the show. Subscribe. Please leave a review. I hope you all go crush it.